Well, this is the last week of a series entitled, What's New With You? And we started this series out the first week looking at truth from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, recognizing that in Jesus Christ, everything is. For if any was in Jesus Christ, their new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. So when we think about what's new with you and, and thinking about as we, as we continued in this series, what can be, the recognition is everything. As we just seek and we allow God to work in our hearts and our lives, and we looked at the following week about something that is essential and foundational to us as followers of Jesus Christ, and that is worship. Looked at truth from Psalm 96. That, that worship God desires and hopes is something more than just an event. It's a way of life. And so as we live our lives, we make decisions and we be people in this lost and hurting world that, that we would worship God, that, that our decisions would be made and our plans and the steps that we take for his honor and glory out of reverence and praise for him that it would be all-consuming in terms of who it is that we are. And then last week, we looked at something related to that being. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And about being set apart and about being holy, again, to bring Him glory and honor. That we wouldn't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And what does that mean and what does that look like and what could be new there in terms of who it is that we are and in all of the different roles and in all the different places that we live life. Those are things, thinking about that in terms of worship, thinking about what already is and can be in terms of being, present, I, I, I know, a challenge for all of us when we think about it. It's so big, it's so immense. So many awesome and incredible things that could be. Challenges, but opportunities. Opportunities to live out and experience newness in our hearts and in our lives. And when we do, to see the blessings of that, Deep, rich blessings. Isn't that true? Sometimes you do something new, you start in a new direction or, or something that's, that you discover uh, about who it is that you are and you let God go to work in your heart and in your life and there's these new blessings that come as a result of that and it's awesome and it's incredible. Well, that's what this morning is about. Truth from John 15. about new fruit that God can work in us, a new harvest, what that can mean, what that can look like. I, I, I hope that you'll join with me now in reading God's Word. We're going to look at John 15, verses 5 to 8, and then verse 16. And as you do, um, I hope that you hear what God is saying and really hear it. Because it's full of goodness, full of goodness. So open up his word and open up your heart. Hear this truth from God. John 15, verses 5 to 8, and then verse 16. I am the vine, 
and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in, uh, and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and buried, or burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. In verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is the Word of God. Might its truth be written in our hearts, lived in our lives. So is anybody here um, a gardener or a farmer or a grower of something? Okay, lots of you. Great, the majority of you. So you should really have no problem envisioning what it is that Jesus is speaking about in this chapter spiritually. And he uses an illustration of most of, of chapter 15 all the way down to verse 17 focuses on an illustration that is agricultural. It's about growing and about bearing fruit. And so I, I think that when we have an understanding or we, we've done it, we can envision it a little bit better. And, and so I just want you to think about that, about growing things and the fruit that then comes from growing things. And, and Jesus uses a, a vine plant to demonstrate that. He speaks about him being the vine, and who does he speak about being the branches? We just read it. Let's read it again. No, I'm just kidding. Branches, you and me. We're the branches. And so he, he speaks about that, shares a lot of incredible truth, and I just want you to think about that. If you've grown something that, that is on a vine, or can you think of something that grows on a vine? It, there's all kinds of fruit that grows on vines. There's watermelons and there's grapes. Yeah, something else over there. Yeah. And... and um, this is a, a bunch of grapes. And maybe you've grown something like that. I haven't grown any real fruit. I've grown some uh, watermelons maybe in my garden, but I focused on like uh, squashes, all different kinds of squashes, and pickles. I love pickles. My, world, my wife makes the world's best pickles, so they're great. But um, you see that little stem right there? This is, this is a branch that comes off, or a shoot that comes off the main vine. And it got cut. I can see that. You, you can't, but there's a little cut there. Yep. And off of that little branch or shoot, all of these wonderful grapes. There's a lot of truth that's in these words about that fruit, about this fruit, and all of the fruit that we can bear in our hearts and in our lives. And the first thing that I want to share with you comes out of verse 5, and that is remaining in the vine is essential to bearing fruit. Now, I think we get that. That's almost like a a duh or a no-brainer, right? But I want you to think about what that means and what that means spiritually. You see, there's fruit here. This this branch has been 
cut off, maybe not whole and completely, but it's cut off, and, and these are still good grapes, but what's going to happen if, if I would leave this here? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be good for me if, if we leave it here for a couple of weeks and we come on Sunday and it's like starting to stink, right? Once things get cut off, they, they start to, the Scripture says, to wither, to die. The, if there is fruit, it dries up, it starts to rot and spoil. And so I want you to think about that in terms of remaining in Jesus, because he's the vine, we're the branches. And what that looks like in our hearts and in our lives to remain so that we can bear fruit. And, you know, it's when I think we get that if we were, were to, to recognize very easily that if things get cut off, there is no more life for that branch. This passage speaks about that. So if you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing if you're cut off. And I want you to think about that part. The apart from me, you can do nothing. And sometimes people think about that and they wonder a little bit and they think, well, you know what? I know people, I know people who are good people who aren't necessarily Christians who do good things. That's true. But, but this is speaking about fruit, spiritual fruit. And there is a big distinction. That's not that good things and good works are bad, but they're not kingdom and everlasting things. There's a big difference. Those things we're told too will spoil, rot, and fade. They're good, they're great, they're awesome, but at the end of the day, when we start talking about making an impact in the kingdom of heaven, they don't amount to anything. And all you need to do is stop and think about your life and all of the good things in there that really don't have anything to do with the kingdom of God. And so as we think about that and what that means in terms of living life, I want you to make that distinction that it needs to be in Christ to be bearing spiritual fruit. That's really important. And then something else that goes along with it, and that's this that the better connected the branches to the vine, the more fruit it will bear. And I think that's a lot where, where we live our lives. Because there's all kinds of things when you think about bearing fruit, and even if you look at verse 5, and we're going to this again, bear much fruit, what is it that inhibits or prohibits fruit in our lives? It could be all kinds of different things. I remember when, when, I, when I gardened and I had these vine plants, especially after there was a high wind or something, I would go out and maybe you think this is a little bit weird, that's okay. I would go out and I would look at the, at the vines and, and the fruit, especially if it just started to, to grow or it was small. Because what would happen is things would get blown around and things would get twisted up and tangled and all that other stuff. And if you've done any kind of gardening with vine plants or other things, you know that it doesn't take much to, to make the plant not produce as much as it could. And so I would look for little twists and stuff and pinches. Because when this little branch here, this shoot off of the vine, if it would get twisted around and pinched, 
it would either produce no fruit or very little fruit or die. And then there's that thing called bugs. You know, I, they just get in there and they just eat away right there. They don't often attack the main vine, but they get on on the little branches and stuff, maybe because it's more digestible, they know they can ruin it. I don't know, because I think that's their life's goal, a bug is to ruin your garden. But you get the point. And so what are the twists? What are the pinches? What are the bugs in your life? Oh, it could be a lot of different things. And the more that we're directly connected, see, the vine is the lifeblood. That's where everything flows to the branch to produce fruit from. And if there's anything that's in the way, it prohibits the branch from producing as much fruit as it possibly can. And that's why I would go out there and mess around in the garden and turn things around and do all of that stuff to, to make sure they're doing everything that I could to help the plant grow as much fruit as it possibly could. And I think about that spiritually, and I think about my life. What are the twists and the pinches? What are the things that are helping me not be directly connected to Jesus Christ and follow him? And maybe you're not into gardening or plants. I, then you can use the Internet. Connectivity. And there's nobody here, I think, that hasn't used the Internet. If it's not a good connection, it's not frustrating, right? And, and I think about that. Um, um, here, we, we upgraded our uh, Internet a while ago. It was like night and day difference. It was awesome. Because for me, that's about productivity and getting things done. It was just wonderful when we had a really good connection, and so it is spiritually. When we have a really good connection, we're connected to the vine and things are growing. There is fruit. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing, and I don't know of anybody who doesn't enjoy seeing fruit of their labors. I don't know anybody who doesn't enjoy spiritual fruit, seeing God at work in their hearts and in their lives. I wonder about the, the next part, and this is a, a tremendous truth. It's so important to, again, remain, but there's another piece of that, and it's brought out in verse 7. And I want to read it again for you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, here it is, ask. You see that one word? Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. So let me even ask you this question. When you're thinking about spiritual fruit and you're thinking about what it is in terms of who you can be for Jesus Christ, how often have you prayed about fruit? How often have you asked God for fruit, spiritual fruit in your heart and in your life? And I don't ask it, maybe, maybe your answer is all of the time. Praise God, that's awesome. I want you to really hear, though, what Jesus is saying here. This is an incredible promise and an incredible truth. Remain in me. I don't want to pound that one in. I mean, I think you get it, what that means to remain, and the more that you remain, how important that is to bearing fruit. But then there's the asking part. And this is something that, that for me personally sometimes I, I struggle with and I get frustrated about. And I think, why didn't I just ask? And, and I pray expectantly all of the time. 
I expect the great Lord my God to do great things. And so when I think about that in terms of of, um, people that I've had the opportunity to come alongside of, I think about that in terms of of teams, I think in in terms of leadership, I think in terms of the body, and I think, what about this asking part? It communicates some things there uh, about faith. We're just going to be honest. And about what we expect God to do in and through us, the vine, bear fruit. And I remember that. It's even an axiom that I learned way back when I was a sales rep. If you don't ask, you won't get. How much truer is that spiritually? Well, God is good and he brings blessings all of the time. I didn't mean to. But he's encouraging us to ask. There's that equation. Remaining plus asking equals receiving. And see, sometimes I wonder about why that isn't true. Why we don't do that more. Is it because we're, we're over-humbled? I don't know. Read about Moses. But this part about asking is so important, and, and, and it's related again to faith, to belief about who God is to you. I mean, you ask people certain things based on what you know of them, right? And so Jesus is saying what? He says, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. That's pretty bold. But he's an incredible God. He can deliver. It might not be, again, exactly how we draw it up. There's been so many times that I prayed for things and expected God to deliver. And I, I kind of have in my, in my mind, I have this, this way that God is going to do it, right? And sometimes it happens, but a lot of times it doesn't. And God just stuns me with what it is that he does in a way that's way better than I could have even thought of. It's incredible to see God go to work. And it's not always in, in my timing. It's not always how I, how I think it ought to be. But it's incredible, these blessings, this fruit that comes. And, and remaining, again, here's a part of that. It, it helps you to know and will lead you and guide you in terms of your asking. Do you remember the, the truth from last week? The last part of verse 2, Romans 12, 2. Talk about being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And then what does it say? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, sometimes when, when we're praying, and maybe we're not in Him, we're looking at things from a worldly perspective, and we're praying worldly prayers. God wants us to remain in Him so that we'll know better what his will is and what to ask for but then he brings those blessings that rich fruit and why don't we ask you know we're 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 raised in some ways to be reasonable rational people and some take that to different extremes evidences and proofs I want to to see that that bridge be built that is rock solid before I'll step one foot on it. 
We want veracity. We want details. We want proof. We want evidence. That what it is that we believe can happen can indeed happen. What does 2 Corinthians 5, 7 say? For we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. That's how God wants us to ask. To ask in faith. To believe that then we're going to receive. It's powerful to think about. And again, in the context of of spiritual fruit. There are some people who who misuse this. And Jesus says it, um, again, I know I've shared this with you seven times in in two chapters here, three chapters, uh, chapter 14, chapter 15, and part of chapter 16. He says it seven different times. Do you think he wants us to get it? He, He says it twice in this passage. Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. So I, I hope we think about what that means. And so when you think about fruit and you think about what could be new in you, the new harvest maybe that you, God has kind of been talking to you about or you, you've, you've been wondering about, but you're not sure. I, I want you to put that before the Lord and pray about it. Ask him for, for fruit. Ask him for things that would bring glory to his name and see what he'll do. Asking, uh, remaining plus asking equals receiving. It tells us to fix our eyes on the unseen, not the seen. It's such an important piece, I think, of following God and, and following Jesus Christ. It is walking and moving forward expectantly with faith in so many different ways. There's another great truth I want to share with you that comes out of these verses. And that's this. Because I, I think sometimes when we think of, of bearing fruit, maybe, maybe we think, you know, well, that's for, you know, those other people, those super gifted spiritual people, not necessarily me. I really don't know how God could use me so much. You did not chose choose me, but I chose you. This is Jesus speaking to everybody here. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Think about that for a moment. You're chosen. You're chosen. I I love that you're chosen. God chose you. He didn't tell you what the world tells you. He didn't tell you that you're not big enough or you're too big. He didn't tell you that you're not smart enough. Or you don't have the right personality. He didn't tell you that you're not pretty enough or that you're not talented enough. No, he says, I 
I, I sent my son to die for you because I love you. I choose you. I choose you, everybody here. Oh, whether you've made that faith descent or not, I choose you, Jesus says. And, and when I start to process that, it just blows my mind up. First of all, that God would love me enough to, to, to reveal his grace to me, but then choose me to be a part of his eternal plans? Me? Really? That's what he's saying. To go and to bear fruit, spiritual fruit, things that will last. The God who created everything says, I want you to be a part of my plans. I've got things for you to do. And by the way, they're not just things that people are going to forget about next week or the week after. They're not going to be things that, that someday, if, if people are standing um, in a place like this and saying good things about the life that you lived, they're going to go beyond that. These are eternal things. This is spiritual fruit. Things are going to last forever. I chose you. I chose you to go and bear that kind of fruit, to make that kind of impact in a lost and hurting world, to be a difference maker. What a legacy. What a great thing to think about. That someday, even after you die, just think about this, you're going to be praising and rejoicing in heaven, you're going to have surprises there, fruit that you never saw, fruit, fruit that tastes good and great that's bursting with flavor that's delicious. Mm. It's incredible. God chose you. He chose us. To bear fruit, just a teeny bit. One grape? Oh, no. Verse 5, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Verse 8, excuse me, um, yeah, verse 8, this is for my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. So what's new with you? How's the harvest looking in your neck of the woods, in your life? Are you seeing fruit, spiritual fruit? Are you tasting it? Are you experiencing it in life? It's great. It's awesome. You know, I, I think as often, you know, after the wind came and my garden and stuff, I'd straighten things out. But then when I got to be harvest time, I... I sometimes, I'd get so excited, and after I spent some time with the Lord, I'd go out there, and I'd go in the garden, and I'd kind of like peek around, maybe move some leaves and stuff. I know you're thinking I'm crazy. That's all right. I'd say, oh, oh, there's a new zucchini, or there's some more beans, or my favorite, oh, look at those pickles go. It was great. Again, I don't know anybody when God has come alive in their heart and in their life and they're experiencing this incredible fruit that has ever said, don't want it. No, it's, it's how about some more, man? This is great. This is awesome. 
kind of like what I'm having a struggle with with these grapes right now. I had one, but I want all of them now. For everybody's sake, I'm not going to do that. Fruit, fruit, fruit. There can be lots of reasons why, again, we don't ask and we don't bear fruit. But God chose us. I think of a a gal that um, was in in prior ministry. Had never really um, served God much. An incredible Christian um, woman, great gal. And, uh, you know, we, we got spiritual gift inventories going and, and had some conversations with her. And one day she came into my office and she said, hey, you know what, I, I think that there's a new ministry that um, I just kind of like want to try, kind of like this. Two years later, it was blowing up all over the place. It exceeded her expectations. That's the God that we serve when we finally say, yes, I'm ready to bear fruit. I think here of, of different things that people have shared, and I think about our, our food distribution again. We're going to be celebrating that. You know, when people just said yes, and they're willing to plant seeds and water and fertilize, and what that's meant, lives that it's touched, and the people that have been blessed by it. W- way past the expectations, I think, at least of mine. Maybe there are people that um, could see things bigger and better than I could. It's incredible. And, and on and on I could go. God brings fruit that's bursting with flavor, that's rich and beautiful and great. So I hope you let God stir your heart. You think about what that means for you. Where is it in your life? that he could bear new fruit, that you could be a part of that with him and see a harvest with your friends, where you work in your family, here together as a body of Jesus Christ in your church, how you could serve him or just be open and willing to plant some seeds and see him go to work. I don't know. But I know that if you live out that truth, it's going to be awesome and incredible. And there's going to be some great, great stories. So might it be. Let's pray together. Lord God, I, I thank you and I praise you for being the great God that you are. I thank you, O oh Lord, for the fruit that you bring into our lives. Lord, there's so many things that we taste of that is, are, are, is simply delicious. Lord, there's so many other things that you're waiting for us to explore and discover. New fruit in our hearts and in our lives. We simply trust as we move forward. As we seek, O Lord, to do all of your glory and honor. You're a good, you're an amazing God, and I give you praise. Thank you, O Lord, for including us, for choosing us to be a part of your plans, and to see the fruit of the harvest. Open our eyes wide. In your name, we pray it.